this has been one of those subjects I, I don't know how to to broach, but you keep throwing it my way. We had a, a few calls on it last week of people getting it off their chest, what they're hearing from their friends or what they're not hearing from their politically involved friends when it comes to talking about relatives of people who are in elected office. You know, we, you have people that listen to this show along with yourself daily that I'll text in about Hunter Biden, uh, about his struggles and how it's Joe Biden's fault, how Joe Biden enabled him without providing any substance to it besides that's just what they want and have made up in their minds and how his conduct as a child of the former vice president, former uh, you know, U.S. Senator, and now the president, how his conduct as a child of that individual must impact his job, must have corrupted him. I mean, the list goes on of what has been sent in routinely here. And there is a very tragic situation right here in this state. And, and I, I, I told you it's been noticeable how that gut reaction, when it's somebody who's not here, that you can use it against, say, Joe Biden, and how I think that's wrong just as I think it is wrong in North Dakota to use this tragic situation with what happened with uh, Senator Kevin Kramer's son against him or his family. But I keep getting those type of messages in, and I don't know how to, to, to continue a conversation on it because I do think that it's warranted. I think there's still questions about this very situation that answers haven't been provided. Now, I think with a, you know, the, the court case that's going on, with the charges now being brought higher, felonies, I mean, maybe some of those questions come forward. And that's, and that, that's the world and the realm of which they should, right? Through an investigation, through law enforcement, through this process playing out on the judicial side. Uh, but those questions are, are continuously coming up, especially when it comes to the drugs that were found as what was reported in the vehicle. You know, if you haven't been following along, Ian Kramer, 42 years of age, which, I mean, he is an adult, obviously, who uh, certainly has been shown that he is struggling with mental health and, and addiction problems, right? But the charges now in the death of Deputy Paul Martin uh, that happened on December 6th was driving an SUV that he had stolen from his mother, in Bismarck, hours before uh, Ian Kramer struck Martin and, of course, uh, fatally struck him. And we know the rest of the story on that realm here. But the, the nine counts that he faces, including possession of cocaine, methamphetamine, and marijuana, all on his person in that vehicle, people are asking those questions as to, okay, what was really going on? And we, we won't know. But... I, I can't help but want you to know that, yep, I'm acknowledging I'm getting those. But at the point of where you use this as speculation or as some partisan dig, I'm just not there. Because as I told you, I don't care if it's a Republican. I don't care if it's a Democrat. If it's an adult child that is doing these actions, it should not be used against that individual, that parent, who who is probably along the way trying to help their child, which certainly sounds like it was the case with Kevin Kramer's wife bringing Ian to the doctor. Now, I know that's led some of you to questions of vehicles, where the drug paraphernalia, all that was. 
but there was an attempt to help a son. Just as there was an attempt on the president's side to help his son with some loans. With zero interest that were paid back like a lot of you would be celebrating if it were anybody else. So don't use it against Kevin Kramer. Don't use Hunter Biden against Joe Biden. It shouldn't be that way. But, you know, I'm starting to see on the other side of this attempts to point fingers at law enforcement about, well, the tactic of should they have pursued him? Well, that that isn't fair either. I, I mean, law enforcement in all of this trying to get Somebody who, by all accounts, once stole a vehicle was having, uh, you know, a, a crisis at that time. You know, that that second guessing of it. Any other time it gets brought up in any other instance, people get rightfully upset about it. I'm not saying give them a free pass on everything. I think I've been critical of some decisions when it comes to law enforcement before, and you guys have taken me to the woodshed on it. But this one certainly seems as though we're trying to provide a little bit of cover as well, saying, oh, yeah, well, had they not done this, then maybe you know, uh, that deputy wouldn't have been killed. That's not fair for law enforcement that was out there engaged in that pursuit and doing what they thought was necessary at that time. But I, I want to clean up some of these messages. And I I preface this by saying I don't know the how to carry this conversation without seeming insensitive based on my background. I mean, I'll just be completely upfront and honest with you. I mean, I have been very critical of Kevin Kramer's policies. I've been very critical uh, of the way in which he he conducts himself when he comes to talking about situations, about other individuals. Uh, and, and I think that sets me in that stage where it will give the appearance that even if I broach this subject, that it was set in some of your minds that only half listen, that, oh, there he goes, is going after you know, Kevin Kramer again in this very uh, horrible time. That's why I'm telling you, this shouldn't be used against him. But I understand why there's questions on your mind about it, about what we do know and what we don't, and certainly the what we don't about the the aspect of the possession of drugs in that vehicle, knowing that, uh, you know, the the vehicle and the transportation was provided by his parent trying to get him help. and now it's turned into, well, maybe police shouldn't have done this or that. The reports are he intentionally drove into police. How can you fault police for that? Right? And at this point, that comes into 35270, kind of opens your eyes as to, well, what if? What could have been? Had police not pursued? Had they not, you know, attempted to stop a fleeing individual at that time? Tyler, if the officer had not given his life that way, a family could have been coming down the highway the carnage could have been innocent people, then there would have been an outcry for not trying to stop him. I mean, I can't, I don't see any flaw in what I could argue and push back on that. Because again, I mean, according to the reports provided by law enforcement is that it was intentionally driven into that squad car that, you know, was that of Deputy Paul Martin. So thanks for sending that in. Uh, I'm going to read one more of these. I tell her how many times after the suicide of a loved one, do we say, I saw the signs, I should have done more every single time. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, that's where, I, I mean, folks, I get texts that are critical of the way that this situation was handled from from the Kramer family, and I, I just don't think that's fair. 
I mean, by the accounts of the police report, a mother was trying to provide some help to, to a son that was going through something. And then that escalated when they got there and he took off in that vehicle. I, I mean, there, there were attempts that maybe there were signs that, hey, look, something is serious. We got to get to the hospital right now. So I, that's why I can applaud what I'm sure was a very difficult decision to bring a an adult son of yours to the hospital saying, you know what, we're going to get you the help that you need, even if you don't want it right now. Um, You know, and then why we can't have that approach on other moments, which we know that a parent is going out of their way to help a, a son or daughter go through whatever it is in life that they're going through. And I know at some point, uh, that becomes more difficult because of sometimes finances, sometimes because that individual doesn't want the help and will not do it, and you can't help somebody if they don't want the help themselves. So I, I understand that that limit there. Uh, the drawing of the line here shouldn't be a partisan one, though. And, and when you look at this mother at that time trying to provide help for their son struggling. And then to see in the same news, almost in the same week, that money that is now being used in an impeachment inquiry or whatever you want to call it, that a loan was provided from a father to their son to provide some help in buying a vehicle. That son then paid that father back. Without any interest, because how many of you have lent money to a family member and said, yeah, and then I'll expect you to pay it back at the current interest rate? You don't. But then in that same scope of which you have this tragic situation here, and we can applaud saying, you know, that's a mother doing what they felt necessary for their son, as we should be applauding it, then why do we in that same breath, in that same news cycle, look at that and say, oh, but that's corrupt that Joe Biden was helping Hunter Biden financially as he was struggling with substance abuse and mental health challenges. So you got the same baseline here for what a son was going through and the reaction to those are completely different. And I just don't think that it's anything besides partisan politics. And that's a sad statement to make. And that's a sad reality that we're living in right now. That it's all, oh, but you know, because that was a Democrat and he's the president, that that just seems wrong. It shouldn't. That shouldn't be used against Joe Biden. This shouldn't be used against Kevin Kramer. I'm going to address a couple more of these messages there. I thought I was done, but I'm not. You pulled me back in because I think this is a conversation that <laughs> you you've been waiting to have. You've been having it with some of your neighbors, your friends. It's just not an easy conversation to have because it is personal it is a family there's multiple families in fact there's communities that are reeling over uh what happened in western north dakota uh on december 6th when uh, deputy paul martin was struck and killed by the son of a u.s senator and, and i think it's tiptoeing the lines of well here's actions words and everything in between here so let me summarize some of it because i think there is something here that does warrant in addition to this whole conversation of if we're going to talk about mental health and crises that come with it 
and the substance abuse that so often follows or as part of it. Uh, all of that, when we talk about other tragic moments, it's easy to say, well, it's mental health, and then throw our hands up and not do a damn thing about it. And when you have an opportunity to make an impact there, then if you're able to witness some of this, as difficult as it is, but you have that opportunity to do something, to resolve some of the areas that allow for some of these challenges to go unanswered, well, you better take that opportunity and do something with it. Because, I mean, I, I've told you, and if you're a regular listener, you've heard it before, but you're going to hear it again. It's always used as the crutch to some problems, mental health. And the thing is, we have seen rising numbers of mental health crises. And you know what's really amplified that? The last three years of watching the world change before our eyes, right? So we always say, got to do something about it. Got to do more for it. But then we don't. And the few times that we have, we've taken giant leaps backwards when things got rocky financially in particular. And a state that I've called home my entire life is a prime example of it. We have got resources that other states are so envious of. We brag about it. Hey, look how well things are run here, even though we've got special sessions necessary as of late to deal with some of the things that they've goofed up on. But we had hit the jackpot because, boy, we have natural resources. And you, as voters, created a tax on it that's gone in to North Dakota's state coffers. And then you, as voters, created a legacy fund to collect some of that into a select pot to leave a, a legacy for the future. Haven't been able to agree on what that legacy is supposed to look like. Infrastructure, these type of services, education, it can be all of the above. There's $10 billion right now. And yes, I know some of you are going to be texting it, but it takes three-fourths of majority to get something done in the legislature for that money. You're right. But I guarantee there's three-fourths of that same legislature that will say mental health challenges are real in a state like North Dakota. So they've got the votes there. But every time there's a hiccup in the commodity markets and, oh, we start to sweat a little bit, we better pull back on some of these purse strings. The first thing I always cut is mental health services. It happened. That's not make-believe. It happened in 2015. Special session. After finally addressing some of it, because we paid for a consultant to come and say, you can be an independent observer. What do you see here? You've done this in other states. What's North Dakota lacking? And getting that blueprint, we finally took up some of the issue. We weren't able to get all of it done because of our reluctance. And then the oil prices collapsed. And we got back out to Bismarck. Special session. Jack Dalrymple called it. First things cut. Every inch we gained in mental health services because it's easy right it's easy to put this at the foundation of everything that's wrong every tragic situation that happens mental health crisis okay then why are we so quick to take it away when we finally choose to do something about it i mean i think that's a fair question because you know what the same mentality is well they should just pull themselves up by those bootstraps They'll just have to take care of it. Rub some dirt on it. It'll go away. But you know that's not the reality, especially if it's somebody you know personally. And I think maybe that's why this conversation is talked about differently than, say, Hunter Biden. 
Because North Dakota is a pretty damn small state, isn't it? You know everybody. Or it doesn't take you very long to find out along the way how many degrees of separation there are between you and even a U.S. senator. And that's what I'm getting into some of the text club here, saying, oh, yeah, I w- related to so-and-so, and here's what I know. And I'm acknowledging I got those messages, but they're not going to find them their way on the air. Uh, but it is, I think, because it's closer. It's more personal. Out of sight, out of mind, is Hunter Biden. It's easy to take the, the digs at his addiction to drugs and his mental health crisis he has to go through because you don't know him. You only know what you hear on other right-wing talk shows and what you see on those right-wing television shows. It's all that caricature of how corrupt this whole family is. For heaven forbid, he as a father was helping his son in the same crisis we're talking about right here, or certainly similar, yet you're approaching this one vastly different, many of you. Not all of you. But it's coming through quite clear of what I get from same numbers of any time they want to talk about Hunter Biden. And what his father was doing for him when he was struggling. And then the either silence or the respectful approach of gratitude that a family is trying to help their son in need here. But why couldn't you do that on the other side, on the flip side? Is it because, well, it's it's different. I mean, I get messages in that say, yeah, but Joe Biden was enabling Hunter Biden. <laughs> what? How? Explain yourself. Because, I mean, how would a family or a father or a mother be enabling and all of this without providing me an example to it? Is it because, oh, he he had connections? He had money? He was trying to financially help? I mean, is that enabling if you're trying to help through loans or through a vehicle or what have you? Because I don't think that's enabling. There are certain needs every person needs. You need housing. We just saw the latest report here in Fargo that we're still yet again at a crisis when it comes to affordable housing. The shelters are full. The warming center downtown is uh, over capacity almost every night, it seems. Part of that has to do with the same crises we're talking about here when it comes to mental health. You need housing. You need food. You need some of that substance. You need transportation to get from maybe your home, if you have one, to a job so you can start getting more financially independent. So if, in fact, we agree that in this situation it's it's a mental health crisis, in, in the other situations around communities across the upper Midwest, it's that, then why aren't we willing to actually do something about it besides give it lip service every time a tragedy happens? 